welcome to episode 263 of the Yellow Wall Pod. I'm your host, Stefan Wutzko, for this very much unplanned, unscheduled emergency podcast. Today, the news arrived that Christian Pulisic is joining Chelsea for 64 million euros and will be loaned back to Dortmund until the end of the season. Now, as you might have already seen, this episode is called Keine Ausreden, which is German for no excuses. And that's because we will not only talk about the transfer itself, but also about the remaining six months that Pulisic has at Dortmund left and uh, how he will conduct himself because so far this season has not been ideal for him and he has often been quite frustrated. And uh, we will talk about how maybe the certainty of his future now can help him to get back on track and how there are also not very many excuses left for him to do that. And uh, we've decided to put the show into three parts. First, we will talk about what this transfer means for Borussia Dortmund, then what it means and what impact it will have on Christian Pulisic himself. And then, of course, lastly, uh, what this all means for Chelsea. And for that to discuss, joins me once again, Matthias Zuck. Hello, Matthias. How are you doing? And uh, of course, Happy New Year. Yeah, hello, Stefan. Happy New Year to you as well. And, and just like with you, um, waking up this morning, uh, seeing so many messages and, and what do you think? And hashtag Pulisic. I'm like, uh, okay. I, I yeah, guess I he got sold. I had to do my first radio interview ah. today before eating my first bagel, so... That's that's how how the state of things are here. <laughs> it's it's difficult when you're as popular as you are. I I didn't quite have that issue. Um, I just had to answer a ton of questions. Uh, just on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. What do you think? What do you think? And it's like, ah, can I have a cup of coffee? Um, I'll let you know what I think. You know, I think my first reply was uh, after I coffee. no, it was before my coffee, and it was kind of groggy. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's good for everybody. Uh, I'm gonna let the dogs out now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's not surprising. I mean, it's something we've talked about now for weeks. It seems, and everyone's talked about for weeks. Uh, not a secret. Not a surprise. Maybe the timing's a little bit of a surprise, or maybe the the way it's constituted could be seen as a surprise to some people. But as we're gonna discuss. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for all three parties. No, definitely not. Yeah, my my um, uh, editors at ESPN asked me recently, um, you know, because uh, when when we do our reporting, they always reach out to everyone and think about their insight and opinion, so we can have like the best reporting possible. And I told them right away that. I would expect this transfer to be announced this winter, especially with uh, the uh, Damocles sword of um, um, a potential transfer ban hanging over the head of Chelsea that they might not be able to make any summer moves, that they at least get this sorted out now. And I think um, we all knew for a very long time that Christian Pulisic was not going to extend his contract if that was going to be the case. And if he had the intention, that would have happened a very long time ago. I think uh, Borussia Dortmund would have said yes to that and uh, since they realized it was not going to materialize i think uh, it's also the right decision now to yeah make really the best out of it so first things first matthias um i think it's a bit strange overall to pay 64 million euros for a young player that is right now not a starter i i think that's a little bit unheard of um if you consider i mean 
the the transfer fees are more and more inflating every year and 64 million is not anymore what it was like one or two years ago but still usually if if uh, clubs shell out that kind of money and i think i've read he's the 26th most valuable transfer or something like that now um that usually goes out for players that are the you know undisputed best player of a team or at least carry the team to some extent or are an absolute key player but Christian Pulisic right now is not that so um Matthias how much do you think that transfer fee is a the let's say marketing aspect of just him being an American and obviously Chelsea trying to extend and, and boost that market and then B also maybe as I just said earlier the the Damocles sword and and the extra fee of them just being very desperate to probably get this done already in winter. Well, I think there are a few aspects that play into it. Um, I mean, first of all, in my opinion, it's an idiotic fee. Uh, great for Dortmund, but uh, but hey, you know, if you have a Russian oligarch writing the checks, who cares, right? Um, I think there there are the factors of Premier League money is stupid money in that sense. I mean, uh, it, it's crazy that... Chelsea paid more, granted, not much more, but they paid more for Pulisic, who was sitting on the bench some weeks, uh, than Arsenal paid for Obama Young, who was a proven commodity and goal scorer uh, for Borussia Dortmund and, and a starter every single match. So it, it, little, it, it shows how insane it all is, obviously, from the Dortmund perspective, getting that kind of money for a player that you brought into your youth setup when he was 16 is fantastic continuing to do Dortmund business and that will get invested not just in the infrastructure and stuff like that but obviously in new players um why Chelsea paid that much money aside from the fact that they have it um they like you said the transfer ban uh so oh we we may not be able to bring in players in the summer so if we want to get people we need to get them now and we all know the January window is a crap window to buy players because it's usually a desperation buy. So selling clubs tend to get way more than what a player is worth because most of the clubs that are buying are buying out of necessity rather than uh, necessarily, let's say, squad building in that sense. Granted, this is a little different because he's not going right away, but it still has the same overtones. Um, And then the fact that Clubs like Liverpool or Tottenham, even Bayern, were rumored to be sniffing around Christian Pulisic, and Chelsea just wanted to get over them, especially Liverpool or Tottenham, uh, even though Tottenham never, ever, ever would have paid $64 million for this player. Liverpool, maybe, since they they even spent $70 million or something like that on a freaking goalkeeper. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think those are all the external factors and the fact that just it's an it's a bubble. It's a transfer bubble that hopefully will burst one day just because I think that's that's better for football. But that's a different discussion for a different day <laughs> um, that we could probably talk two hours about. But I think that's everything that, like you mentioned, that also plays into the factor as to why the transfer went down now and why for really a ridiculous fee for a player that's completely out of form this season and has rarely featured uh, for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, someone were on Twitter that, you know, all the, um, let's say, key games, the derby win, the, the win against Bayern, the crazy match against Augsburg and the comeback against Leverkusen, all that, you know, a lot of key events um, were, uh, you know, happened and Christian Pulisic was not on the field. 
during that time and uh, we already talked a little bit about it in pre-pod you know you said that the game against Düsseldorf might have been the worst you've ever seen them um so you know this is certainly to be taken into account to assess this current situation but um let's put our focus a little bit first at Borussia Dortmund and uh, I think one of the first tweets I actually read was uh, from from Jan-Henrik Ruschecki who of course is a very uh, famous Dortmund fan and uh, filmmaker now and and all these things and and he was uh, talking about how uh, Michael Zorg deserves uh, his statue in in solid gold now um for for this deal I think um, you know, we can talk about Pulisic and, and Chelsea and, and Dortmund, these three parties and who's winning the most or if winning at all. I, I think there is no doubt about Dortmund, uh, you know, winning a lot in, in, in this deal. 64 million, just the transfer fee, um, itself is, is mind boggling, as you just said. So, um, how, Let's say how equipped is the club to to move on from Christian Pulisic? Um, obviously, it will have an impact on on their presence and and the uh, microscope that's on them from the U.S. markets. What do you think are the implications for Christian Pulisic leaving and uh, the ha- half of the season he still has left for Dortmund and beyond? Well, speaking from, a, I guess, a U.S. Uh, marketing perspective, obviously Fox Sports still has the Bundesliga rights, which now they're probably going to go, oh, no, Pulisic is gone. What do we do? And NBC Sports is going, ha, 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 Christian Pulisic is coming to the Premier League. But there are other American players uh, playing playing in the Bundesliga. I think uh, what also helps is the influx of young English talent into the Bundesliga, uh, Jaden Sancho obviously being the best of the bunch, also helps U.S. market just because they're same language group, relatable, and people keep an eye on the Premier League here first and foremost. So there's there's a link there. Um, as somebody I saw on Twitter, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Joshua Hall who said uh, something like that sucking noise you hear right now or all the uh, uh, English, uh, American Twitter followers of Borussia Dortmund leaving and now becoming Chelsea followers. Um, there is a little bit of a plastic element to that. I saw somebody else say, um, well, I'm not going to be a Chelsea supporter just because Pulisic is there. It's funny that that would even equate for people's minds, you know, I, but anyway. Um, well, if I might budge in here real quick, I mean, I, I also work for the One Football app, and um, just from, from the analytics you get these days, it's just that even younger fans, like even, you know, younger than me in the, in the young early 20s or whatnot, or, or 18 years or whatever, um, you know, there's a shift from supporting a club to just following certain players. I mean, we, we've seen that development for a very long time now in, in the NBA, first and foremost. But, um, we also have that in, in, in football now where, um, yeah, young fans necessarily don't care too much about single clubs and have like a, rather a handful of teams they support with a certain players they admire. So, you know, the idea that people, people say, okay, I'm not going to watch Dortmund now anymore and just follow Pulisic and, and watch him at Chelsea is not too far fetched. And I also don't hold a grudge against them because after, you know, at the end of the day, it's sport. It's uh, your free time and you can do whatever 
you want with it. You know, I'm not going to be a heartbroken romantic if people say, whatever, yellow wallpot, goodbye, I'm going to listen to the uh, Chelsea Weekly now or whatever. Uh, that's just how it is, and that's fine by me. Anyway, continue. We were talking about Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and, you know, it's the FIFA Ultimate Team Syndrome. It is really what... No, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, the NBA has had that for about a decade. Uh, just look at LeBron James and the super team constructions in the NBA. Um, the NFL has a little bit, a little bit less so. Baseball doesn't have it at all just because of the, the history behind it. And and football, soccer, is obviously going more and more in that direction. You know, people follow Neymar. They don't really care about PSG, even though I don't understand how you can be a Neymar fan. But that's a different story. Um, you know, the... The implications for for Dortmund as far as marketing goes uh, in the U.S. market, I would say it's still very, very strong uh, just because of the Fox contract and the United States is, after Asia, the biggest non-European market you can go after. Um, Is it going to be hurt a little bit by... Uh, no more Christian Pulisic, maybe. But that also comes down to on-pitch success. You know, if Dortmund win the Bundesliga this season, maybe do well in the Champions League again, maybe win a cup, uh, then then that's not an issue because Bayern is ex- is obviously the most popular club in the United States. They don't really have an American player. They, you know, I mean, the only American player they've ever had is, you know, Landy Cakes, and that really didn't work out. So um, as far as... Didn't they also have Joshua Green? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we all know how that worked out. Um, so I, I think it doesn't really... Long-term, it doesn't hurt Dortmund, maybe short-term. We'll see after the summer, because obviously Christian Pulisic is still a Dortmund player this season. Uh, so that really won't change. And I think people will be more interested in watching, see what he does. Um, some of the interest has ebbed away simply because he wasn't playing. What I'm personally looking forward to is as of next season that when Dortmund play that uh, the commentators on Fox don't constantly talk about Pulisic when he's not even suited up uh, and actually talk about other topics. Now, granted, this is all that's going to be talked about once the Bundesliga starts again is all going to be about him going to Chelsea. And, and and then once the new season starts, they're going to talk about, well, how's Dortmund going to do without Christian Pulisic? A uh, little side note, they'll do just fine. Um, so Yeah, that was basically <laughs> the question I was asking. So Yeah, it, it I don't think it hurts Dortmund at all. At all. Uh, I, I think maybe a little bit of depth, but that's where we get into the timing and specifically the loan portion of it. That helps Dortmund. It also helps Chelsea, and we'll talk about that later. It helps Dortmund because it buys them time to get another player uh, to maybe, you know, Torgan Hazard in the summer uh, is, is one of those much-talked-about transfers or a variety of other options because you also have to see what happens with Jaden Sancho moving forward. If a massive Manchester City or... Liverpool or who knows comes in with a 120 million euros in the summer. I don't see Dortmund saying no to that necessarily right now. Um, so it, it gives, it buys them the time they need to do it. And I agree that obviously in, in Germany, we we're not like in some countries where we put a bunch of statues in front of stadiums, commemorating players or coaches. But I also agree that Michael Zoak, if anybody deserves a statue <laughs> in Dortmund, it's him um, for his whole life's work. Because you can't forget, he's a he's essentially a Dortmund Jung. 
He played for Dortmund his entire career. He won the Champions League. He won the DFB Pokal. He won the Bundesliga as a player. He won it as a, a, well, as we would call it, a manager, as a sporting director, and really went through the lows and the highs of Dortmund and has helped them become, honestly, really, really rich after being really, really poor uh, for for a while. So he he's, uh, I think years ago, we did a who's your favorite Dortmund player of all time kind of questionnaire here, you, me, and Matthew Gerrard. Um, and I always said Michael Zorc is is my ultimate Dortmund hero of all time, and that's definitely not changing. Yeah, no, I mean the 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 business is is um, really just also you know obviously everyone knows what's happening, but you know I don't think anyone mentioned that yet. But also Dortmund now have a whole half season to to plan ahead. And have already the money in their bank to spend it. I think that also makes a little bit of a difference. Obviously, other clubs will now know that they have the money in the bank, um, which might make negotiations a little bit tougher. But, um, you know, um, if we talk about replacements, I think Togan Hazar is right now the uh, number one name that pops up. There are obviously other players out there, but just from, from a perspective of skill sets and, um, Maybe also, you know, the the stage of of uh, development. I think if uh, Dortmund purchased Torgen Hazard, it, I honestly think it's going to be an upgrade over Christian Pulisic. Um, it might be harsh to say that because Pulisic is very talented and can do a lot of things, but uh, at the same time, I think that Hazard is just a little bit more well-rounded. He has already learned. A couple of lessons about, uh, you know, what happens when you just dribble into a wall, <laughs> which is uh, something Christian Pulisic is working on right now and uh, has a little bit more, let's say, refined decision making and uh, getting, you know, selling a, a very valuable player for a lot of money and then uh, being able to use that money to get maybe someone better or at least at that point better because neither of us knows what exactly the ceiling of, of Christian Pulisic is. I think this is, is a very positive uh, story. Um, Matthias, do you think that it's going to be 100% Hazard or do you think um, it's not locked in and you have maybe a name or a player that you would like Dortmund to, to sign in order to replace Pulisic? Because even if he's not the starter right now, you still need to yeah, make up for for the loss of depth in your squad, I think. Well, I don't know if it's locked in that it's Hazard. I mean, it tends to be when there's where there's smoke, there's fire uh, when it comes to these types of, of concrete rumors and discussions. Maybe Hazard will still happen uh, this winter window. I, I doubt it, to be personally honest. I think if, if it would have, if it would be like, okay, Gladbach will let... No, I, don't, I don't think it's going no. to be announced in the winter. No, no. I think if Gladbach would have indicated we're willing to let Azard go now, then Pulisic would not have gotten loaned back to Dortmund. I think that's the key thing. Um, because Borussia Mönchengladbach are battling for a Champions League spot. That's huge. That's huge income for the club that's been missing out on it for two seasons. Um, so obviously they're going to hold on to him at least that long. And then you see what happens in the summer. Uh, you know, Dortmund are not going to drop 50 mil on him, uh, but maybe a club that spends a ton of money will. And we know also that Bayern are completely rebuilding. 
You know, I mean, they're going to get rid of a ton of players. So there's so many moving parts. I don't think anything's locked in and guaranteed when it comes to him. As far as um, other players to come in, well, I mean, I don't understand. Personally, I don't quite understand why all of a sudden Maximilian Philipp is not even considered for the wing anymore. Because in my opinion, that's his natural best position. Uh, so you actually have a a replacement, a player there that can play that way uh, already in the squad, but somehow it's just not Favre's thing. Well, I'll um, tell you why, because Maximilian Philipp, he has a lot of qualities, but I just don't think he's the type of winner that, that wins a lot of 1v1s. He's just not the dribbling type of player, and I think Dortmund need another player with exactly that characteristic. So yeah. even though you have players like Wolf and, and Philipp that certainly can play on the wings and, and uh, you know, just like Brun Larsen certainly have merit in, in doing so. I still think you, you still need to replace a certain aspect of talent just so you have a certain skill that you can use in, in given situations. And uh, looking at the past, Dortmund have always gone for wingers that can play like Maximilian Philipp, but also there were always the Emre Mors and Usman Dembélis who have a, you know, a very high emphasis on, on winning these 1v1 duels yeah but i mean you mentioned more and dembele <laughs> i'm not saying it, it, it um, worked out yeah i mean the thing yeah. is when you get that type of flair player you tend to get that kind of flair player um i'm, I'm hoping Jaden sancho keeps his head firmly in place and doesn't get turned well, moving forward say pulisic and sancho both are very good examples for players that can dribble quite well but are not flair players well, sense. I would say okay. I'll I'll give that to you with Pulisic. I think Sancho is a flair player. Um, I, I think he's he's um, he has he has his head in the right places I right think. now, right now. He's still very very young. <laughs> you know, when when we're all young, it's you just never know. I mean, we know he's going to leave Dortmund. It's just a question of when. With Pulisic, um, it was also just a question of when, uh, given that there's an ambitious end goal, uh, so to speak, make a ton of money and play in England. Um, that, that was, you know, he's, it's not Marco Royce in, in that sense. Um, and why would it be? I mean, he's from Hershey, Pennsylvania, you know, he's, he's not from Dortmund. So that's, that's natural in that sense. As far as if it's not Tong Azad, who else to bring in? I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know right now. I mean, with... Probably some young player out of France or the Netherlands or, you know, I, I'll be, you know, who knows? I, I don't. I don't <laughs> honestly know. Maybe Ryan Sessegnon from Fulham uh, after they get relegated. Um, I, you know, I again, I don't know who to bring in that would fit the Dortmund profile, if it's not talking Azard, who's more to the finished article. I think we can agree that Dortmund are going to bring in some young, raw players, uh, like they do every single season, it seems. Um, and But that's not a Pulisic replacement, per se. That's a project for the future. Um, and as such, I'll be honest, I don't know. I mean, there are a billion rumors out there, but I I don't really know if anybody off the top of my head, aside from Torgazai, where I go, yes, that can that can fill that gap right away. All right, I think we can then just also move on and, and talk about Christian Pulisic and him, himself and what that move means to him. And uh, maybe let's you, you just said it, 
it's it was always going to be a question of when. And now, you know, he already wears the uh, 22 in his back. And I, to me, it's a little bit of a catch-22 because um, on the one hand, um, if you're, let's say, a, a fringe player that's, that's not really, uh, you know, getting the first team minutes that you need to really prosper, um, then... There's always a very good argument for for changing your situation and and try to maybe move somewhere else where you get that starting playing time that you certainly need. And I think Christian always um, yeah put an emphasis on in, in many interviews saying that the key game at any given age, but especially at the young age, is that you get as much playing time under your belt as possible. And right now he's simply and sadly not doing that. So. Um, for for that reasoning, you know, a change of scenery actually might help him. Um, but on the other hand, um, you don't want to make the big step to the Premier League where you're going to be under a big magnifying glass and then burn like an end because of it, um, because you're just not equipped for that move. So, Matthias, do you think that Christian Pulisic right now in the form he is in and, and uh, the, the potential talent he has has what it takes to withstand the Premier League, not only in terms of, you know, its playing style, um, but also in, in, in terms of obviously pressure and, and, uh, you know, the microscope he's going to be under. Um, just from your perspective, how do you think he's going to be uh, going to fare in, in, in Chelsea Blue? Well, I mean, it's a hard one to say. Um, because it's still six months. Yeah, it's, it's still a lot of time. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, as far as his attitude, I think that's fine. I think an American attitude um, and a, a, an English attitude when it comes to working hard, stuff like that, there's, there's not a huge difference there since I've lived in both countries. Uh, I can attest to that. Uh, obviously, there's no more language barrier. He's going to constantly be on US TV. I'm already not looking forward to the constant <laughs> Pulisic talk on NBC Sports. Wait, wait, to be honest, there, there wasn't much of a language barrier in Germany because Agreed. he absolutely worked his ass off to, to learn the German language, which is uh, something, something I respect just so enormously because my wife obviously from Philadelphia trying to learn the the, the German language and she obviously working full time the next uh, at the same time it's not very easy and uh, I think if you're a professional athlete where you have to put so much focus on on just being at your very best athletically and mentally and then also have the burden of going to school in a you know different country and then learning the language is certainly not easy so you know, talking about a language barrier, I think you'll, about different players, like let's say Shinji Kagawa, <laughs> uh, who has been in Germany forever, but his German isn't all that great. But Christian Pulisic, you know, he's very fluent, which is quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, he that was a, a key for him coming over as a 16-year-old. I think if he'd come over as a 26-year-old, he probably wouldn't have bothered necessarily, <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you come over, you know you have a project, you know you're not really going to play for about a year or two, you know, get your grades right, the the way the whole system is set up. Uh, Jaden Sancho, I don't really see really caring about learning German much. Um, or, or obviously, Usman Dembele never had an ambition to learn German much um, since it was just on the way out, so to speak. Um, but, you know, for him, can he hack it? He can. Can he hack it at Chelsea? If the same squad is there after the summer, I do not believe he's going to play. 
I just don't. I, I don't see him getting past the players that are established and that are there if they're all still there. If a couple of players go, yeah, I could see him doing okay. Um, I Personally, I don't think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think Chelsea right now, given his bad form for the majority of the season so far, is one bridge too far. I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see him, you know, it's... One Stanford bridge too far. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, some people talked about Liverpool or uh, Tottenham. And even in those squads, I can't see Christian Pulisic starting ahead of anybody. Um, and at Chelsea, I can't really see it either. But again, that's where this loan is so big for everybody. Because we talked about it. It buys Dortmund time to find a replacement. It buys Christian Pulisic time to get his head right, um, to be more relaxed and, and play more the old style of Christian Pulisic because I think the stress is gone, the pressure's gone. And obviously for Chelsea, it, it gives them time to figure out their own squad heading into next season because I don't... If you have William, Pedro... And and Eden Hazard there, I aside from maybe a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup match, um, I don't see Chris or obviously right now the 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 holiday schedule where they're playing every two seconds it seems, I I don't see Christian Pulisic breaking ahead of any of those players right now. Well. If I go by the accounts of a lot of Chelsea fans, they, they are absolutely convinced that uh, Christian Pulisicus is better than, than William, for example. And I am completely honest. I just can't assess that because I don't like watching Chelsea. There's just nothing appealing about them or the team or the club, to be honest. So um, I just don't have much of an opinion on that. But um, what we can maybe talk real quick is... Um, as you just said, you know, the, the right frame of mind. And I said it in the intro, and I will say it again, Christian Pulisic this year has, you know, has been visibly frustrated, you know, to the extent that it seemed almost petulant at some points, that he was just, you know, frustrated probably more with himself than anything else, but, you know, just failed to channel it in, in a positive way, which is completely normal for any human being um you know a lot of kids go through that when they start to lose at video games <laughs> and get a little bit frustrated um but obviously um if you're a professional athlete that's a whole nother ball game and um something you need to work on actively um so matthias now you get to put on your psychology hat <laughs> and uh, maybe um also as i think you've coached yourself a little bit as well, um, maybe, you know, I guess, hypothesize a little bit how you can maybe approach such an issue for yourself. And if you think that, you know, having, you know, your future sorted can or will fix that, because we've seen it a lot of times that, you know, it has a positive effect to know what your future is going to look like. Well, it's huge. I mean, from a, a sports psychology standpoint, you know at least where the next 18 months are going to lead you. You know where you're going to sit financially. Uh, obviously, I, I don't have any information on wages, but I assume that's pretty high and Chelsea are going to pay them. Um, 
which again, win, 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 win for Dortmund. Especially for, for um, the pool, sick family, oh, yeah. because I think Marcus is agent, so uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, don't, they're doing don't all spend right. all that commission check yeah. all at once, but I think that's going to be hard, <laughs> given how, how much de that is these days. Yeah, so um, as far as, I, I think it's just less stress. I mean, I even know how it is in a in a business sense, if you're, say, running your own business, uh, which which I understand completely, and you know you're you're in negotiations or you're trying to get a new client or a new customer, and it, it adds stress, it adds sleeplessness and worries to it, and you know you may not be performing at your top level because you're preoccupied mentally, and then when the deal finally goes through and you know. Man, you just relax. It just it it you know it. I'm not gonna say it zens you out, uh, but it definitely relaxes you a lot more. You can focus more on your daily activities because you know you don't have to worry about what's coming next. It's all done. He, he's gonna have a completely relaxed summer, um, and Dortmund are gonna have a relaxed summer. Chelsea are gonna have a relaxed summer. There's there's no issue there for him. So I personally believe that. With the lower weight of expectations now uh, from everybody and especially himself, the lack of stress and everybody can just chill and this is done and no one's going to talk about it anymore in the press. No one's going to ask anybody anymore. It's done. I think we will see a significantly better Christian Pulisic because the fact that he's still so young, I mean, he's 20 years old. Um, and he knew he wanted to leave, but he didn't know where it was going. He didn't quite know where the club was heading as far as with him and what they were thinking, and and now it's all sorted. I think he's going to be a lot more relaxed, and hopefully the the slightly childish, petulant behavior that you talked about uh, is now gone, and he'll play with a smile on his face that you saw specifically um, under Tuchel who really was the guy who gave him the breakthrough. So uh, I'm I'm very optimistic that we'll have a significantly better Christian Pulisic for the remainder of the season. Yeah, we've discussed this a little bit in the last episode, but uh, for, for people who are too lazy to um, basically skip back, um, the question again, because um, when Lucien Favre was appointed... I think we all named Pulisic as the, 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 you know, players that would benefit the most from a guy that is very famous for making young or old players um, a lot better. But so far, it hasn't quite happened for Pulisic. I think, you know, uh, it has much to do with, with the muscular injuries he had that were really niggling injuries and kept him out for a long time and, and really restricted him from playing at his very best, especially if you have uh, muscular injuries that always come back to haunt you. He has missed a couple of international breaks over it, of course, which um, sparked completely needless discussions in the United States about him and... Uh, uh, you know, questioned the love for his country. I think he has a tattoo of a freaking eagle. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't question that. Um, but what do you think are the reasons why, um, you know, Lucien Favre has maybe not gotten the best out of Christian Pulisic? And I actually would, you know, phrase the question just like that because I think Favre and the coach, um, in general, you know, has a lot to do with how players perform or not perform. 
Yeah, in general, yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Uh, last season under Bosch and Stöger, and I don't think Stöger is anywhere near the same level as Favre, uh, Pulisic played better. Uh, granted, also, this was before Jaden Sancho really made his breakthrough, so... There is that, and Brunlassen wasn't there. I think it's a trust factor. We're not in there. We don't see the the way players act during practice. I think that plays a huge part with Lucien Favre. It's kind of like if you don't give 100% in practice, you're not going to play. And um, I just don't think he, he got out of Pulisic what he was looking for. And you can't discount the fact that Sancho has just exploded. I mean... And when you have that type of rarefied talent, and and you have to agree, or you don't have to agree, but I'm going to make the assertion that Jaden Sancho is a better player than Christian Pulisic, um, which pains me as an American. But that's, you know, just looking at it, uh, you can't deny that one is more a game changer than the other on a week to week basis, rather than, or overall basis, rather than at a younger age. At a younger age, too, exactly. And Brun Larsen just offers a completely different type of player that Pulisic just isn't. Um, and I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, Pulisic is a, is way better than, I mean, somebody, obviously some troll, uh, you know, is talking about how he's way better than Brun Larsen, way better than Sancho, and I'm an idiot for thinking any differently. That it belies his lack of knowledge. But um, it, I think there, there are a lot of factors in there that play into it. Maybe Favre, in his style, just doesn't doesn't mesh well with Christian Pulisic's style. Uh, there are other players that can kind of talk about the same thing. You know, Julian Weigl, uh, Kagawa. Kagawa, Tolian, Philip. Um, you know, there's there's not a short list of players there. So the fact that Gutz is playing up top and Isak doesn't exist anymore, so it. Yeah, I I would put I don't want to say blame, but some of the responsibility at Favre, but I'm putting the bulk of the responsibility on Christian Pulisic just because it just didn't seem that he was in the right frame of mind and he was thinking too much about what his steps are after Dortmund rather than focusing on what his steps are at Dortmund right then. Yeah, now obviously as we just said it's going to be a huge challenge to for him to pick up a slack and, you know, be the player that actually will have a positive impact at Chelsea because the problem is going to be there are, there are a lot of doubters already about him just because he is not the, uh, you know, number one uh, starter, the first name on a team sheet at Dortmund. And uh, you know that a lot of English fans, especially, you know, they obviously don't follow the Bundesliga very closely. And, you know, think if you don't make it at, you know, in the Mickey Mouse League as a starter, you know, what uh, would what would be your merit playing Chelsea and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I think these people exist. I hope they are in the minority, but nevertheless, you know, it's it's all about convincing people from the get go that you are. uh, Yeah, let's say the the right guy for the job, because. Football sadly is a cutthroat business, and you know I think there you know a couple of troll accounts already announced his loan out to Vitesse and stuff like that. Um, so this is I think already creeping in the back of some people's heads that you know 
this transfer can take a turn for the worse for Christian Pulisic. So um, let's assess that maybe a little bit and, and talk about Chelsea then and have that segue. Um, how do you think he will fit into that system of, of Surrey? How do you think he will, um, yeah, just, just uh, integrate there? And do you think that there's a danger that this will horribly, horribly flop? Well, yeah, I think there is definitely that danger um, because Sari is not known for sentimentality necessarily for players. Uh, you work or you don't work. If you don't work, you're gone. Um, I, that's simply the nature of it. Also, the nature of him making sure he keeps a job at a club that's not known for massive patience when it comes to managers, even very successful ones um, and successful ones from Italy somehow specifically um you know on the face of it he fits he fits on that right wing he definitely does for sorry ball but it'll all come down to and people are always like well you know what does this mean for eden hazard it's not he's not an eden hazard replacement if you think he's an eden hazard replacement you don't watch christian pulisic play and you don't know who eden hazard is eden hazard is significantly more of a playmaking type player obviously more on the left side at home than on the right side this is a repla replacement for the likes of pedro or william that's there's no doubt about it now eden hazard said recently he wants to go down as a chelsea legend um okay i mean that would be fantastic to see a non-english player be that devoted to an english club that honestly uh, even i'm a spurs supporter so i have my even if it's chelsea <laughs> i have my opinions on chelsea okay well we, i think everybody can know what that is um but that's huge now That could all change if Real Madrid go, hey, I'm going to give you 200 million for Eden how Hazard. Being, how about being a legend in, in a white shirt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the only club that I think can, can tempt Eden Hazard away from London is Real Madrid. I don't think there's a yeah, single other I club. Yeah, if I were Real Madrid, I'd definitely try it because he's just that good. So well, of course. And, and you've seen that, you know, you lost Christian Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, and you could see... The difference that made Eden Hazard is a difference maker. There are plenty of troll Chelsea supporters who don't value him. If you don't like him, send him over to Tottenham. I'll take him. Send him to Dortmund. And you can pay the wages. You know, we'll take him. Uh, he's he's a world class player. Um, but Christian Pulisic is not the Eden Hazard replacement. If Eden Hazard leaves, and you expect Christian Pulisic to fulfill that role, he's going to be playing at Crystal Palace in two seasons. I mean, he's just not going to make it. Which is the EPL equivalent yeah. for VfB Stuttgart. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be playing with, with uh, um, what's-his-face from Schalke, who wanted to play in the Champions League, and then Max Meyer. Max Meyer, there you go, uh, who's not playing very well. And I actually watched them play because I had nothing else to do over the Christmas break. Um, <laughs> so for for Chelsea, it gives them time to sort out what to do with Willian, Pedro, possibly with Eden Hazard. But again, Pulisic is not an Eden Hazard replacement. He's not that type of player. I mean, if you're going to pluck a player out of Dortmund and say, we need him to be the next Eden Hazard, well, honestly, you're going to go for Michael Royce. That's, that's the Eden Hazard replacement more than Christian Pulisic is. Um, but obviously, that's not going to happen. So I, I think he can do it. Um, I... 
I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's hard for me to say. Hopefully, he'll do well because I see it from a U.S. men's national team perspective. Uh, it would be huge for him to do well and kind of be that dominant U.S. player that doesn't play in the freaking MLS um, that actually plays in a real competitive major league at a major competitive level type club. Um, but again, it comes down to his headspace, how he deals with a not easy manager in Sari. Sari is very demanding and he's not an easy character to deal with. So that there's a lot of moving parts. I wish that he gets it done. I have my severe doubts and I hope he proves me wrong, except for two matches out of the year where they play against Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, I got to say I'm a little bit skeptical too about this transfer to be honest um i personally probably would have not elected to go to to chelsea now i know that obviously the politics have a relationship with chelsea that christian uh you know had a couple of training sessions there when he was younger just you know to to you know brief the air so to speak and and so i i, I know that you know something has been established there a couple of connections and so on and so forth and i can assume that this played a role in, in opting to go there as well and the problem is just going to Man City or Liverpool or so on is also not really an option because then the uh, um, yeah perspective and playing time is as close to a sinker because I think even Shakiri at Liverpool has a better chance of getting playing time than, than Pulisic um, so there but um, quick question if you say sorry ball what exactly means that i i followed it a little bit at naples and and, and chelsea but not as closely that i could put it in, in eloquent terms so dear matthias if you can help me out here uh please do so i can understand maybe a little bit better what uh, is ahead for for christian Pulisic and in, in chelsea well maurizio sorry prefers a, a more attacking positive approach to the game and that's obviously good for Christian Pulisic because he's that type of player and coming from Dortmund, Dortmund also likes to play that way. So it's, it's, I would say it's not, it's, it's almost having watched it a few times, having watched it at Napoli more than at Chelsea, I almost feel like it's a mixture of Tuchel and Klopp. Uh, like they had a chain smoking Italian baby and uh, he came out as Maurizio Sarri. He likes to play offensive attacking football. Yes, they like possession, but it's not, purely for possession's sake. Um, they like to go after the opponent. They, they, In the past, I've seen plenty of times where on the right side, they like that more direct winger rather than the more Eden Hazard flair type player, like someone who could also stretch the play, where that's also where, where Christian Pulisic fits in nicely. It's very susceptible to the counterattack um, if, they're not, if they're not careful. And I think that's actually something that, that helps Christian Pulisic because... He he's he's good against the press. He's pressing resistant. He has a good work rate. He does go back. He will win a ball back. He will defend and he won't be quite as open as some other players. So I think from that aspect, it gives um, Sarri's Chelsea, obviously provided that Sarri survives the season, because uh, you never know uh, at <laughs> Chelsea. Um that that cover and that flexibility on the right hand side that uh, that they like that they need again it's I'm not going to say it's a direct style of football um, yeah it's it's Tuchel and Klopp 
mixture. Uh, it's significantly more direct and faster than what Favre likes to play, which may also belie a little bit as to why Christian's been been struggling under Favre. So I think on the face of it, tactically, it fits more with who Christian Pulisic is. Then it just comes down to him understanding it, doing his roles properly, but the advantages he's coming from Dortmund. He has a high footballing IQ. I will definitely give give him that. He's been surrounded by some of the best coaches in Germany, in my opinion, some of the best coaches in the world, uh, both at youth and at senior level, and has played with some extremely good players at the senior level as well. So all of that on the face of it, can help him have success at Chelsea and, and Sarri's system because he's not going to be completely foreign to it and what's expected of it. Same with just the pace of the Premier League. I'd say the Bundesliga is the next paciest. I think if you're coming from Italy or France or uh, Spain, you're going to struggle way more than if you come from the Bundesliga. So, it, again, it could fit, but I do have my doubts that it will fit for other reasons. All right, here's maybe one one uh, thing to add on the list of, of things that can ha actually help Christian Pulisic. Um, and that's his, his, his current malaise, let's say, because um, I know, you know, making the the path from, from a little kid to becoming a professional footballer, you certainly face a lot of challenges, but I think this was the first season where he actually faced real adversity uh, in games, but also, you know, overall situations, you know, first injuries really start to creep in and stuff like that. And you're, you know, all of a sudden find yourself more on the bench end than on, on, in the game. And I think having lived through something like that and just knowing it's not always just, uh, you know, just an ascent to the top uh, helps to just, that you learn, you know, how to deal with these, these situations, because I think coping, you know, with several different situations will help most certainly. And also one Christian Pulisic when he comes to, uh, you know, England and, and not everything is, is just, you know, the honeymoon period. So, um, yeah, this is certainly something. And I'm also hoping, um, Konstantin Eckner, talked about it a little bit on the last episode is that um he obviously has a good through ball which we haven't seen in a while but um if he plays more centrally uh, a bit of playmaking capability is coming out and while i agree with you that he's not the next eden hazard he certainly has a couple of qualities that have um maybe not been so much in focus and i would like to see a coach to bring it out a little bit more of him i think everyone is planning with him as a right winger and i think that's uh, the correct way to do so but you know um in that 4-3-3 setup you certainly have maybe a couple of central positions that you might want to fill and uh, move him around a little so if christian Pulisic ends up playing a little bit more centrally i would not hate it and i think the same um you know request sort of goes out to Greg Beerhalter, uh the uh, new US coach, because if you have a you know your best player and you can play him centrally and it works out for you, then please do it. Because that's the way he has the most influence. We see it at Dortmund now with Marco Royce, you know, how big of a game changer it was to put him into the uh, hole in the middle. And uh, you know, I just wanna see it because I think uh, we all here 
want Christian Pulisic to prosper and, and continue his awesome career and, and be a complete hit and success. I don't wish him failure one bit. So, um, yeah, this is just, you know, a little wish from, from my perspective that we've seen maybe, uh, more eclectic and, and uh, more variety in this game going forward because, you know, he's 20 and his development is far from being over. So, um, you know, it, it would be best if we haven't seen the best of Christian Pulisic yet for a very long time. And I agree. All right. Uh, is there anything to add? Otherwise, I would say let's knock it on the head and uh, put our focus on our next show, which is going to be the uh, Yellow World Pod Half Season Award show. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything left to say. I think we've beaten this horse uh, firmly to death. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that was the first, emer no, not the first emergency podcast. We had other podcasts where we had just, you know, reacting to the, the current news events. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on on such short notice and, and making time for this, uh, Matthias. Um, so you now have the honor to tell our listeners how to get in touch with you if they uh, want to troll you even further on Twitter. <laughs> yes, yes, please do so. I always appreciate a good troll, uh, given that they're so wonderful human beings and Twitter is such a cesspool. Uh, you can find me at Matiasuk. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I ever... Uh you know, could ask a question to, to Pulisic, you know, privately, it probably would just be, how the fuck do you deal with that, you know, endless stream of shit coming down your timeline and your mentions on Twitter and Instagram, all the social media, because uh, as you just said, it is a cesspool in many ways. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people not, you know, out there to say nice things. So, um, yeah. So if you want to do say nice things, uh, you can do that at Stefan Botsko to get in touch with me. On Twitter, if you want to get in touch with all of us, uh, go to Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And please, again, we will uh, collect categories for our half-season award shows and you will have to suggest them where we'll, we will give can be serious, can be funny awards to players or, you know, anything. And then just put it all together and give out one award that might make sense or not at all. That's the beauty of it. And um, yeah. With that, Happy New Year again to everyone out there listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. And that's all from us for now. Until next week or next days. Goodbye.